0: Welcome to your Mindful Hour. I'm your host, Melissa Marks. I hope that this finds you well and that you and your loved ones are safe and well. I want to also say thank you to any frontline workers and to any people that are family members of frontline workers. It's, it's such a difficult time that we're all going through, and I do want to sincerely say thank you. So much love for everybody who is risking their lives so that we can all move through this. I wanna now turn the tables a little bit to our purpose today, which is the podcast. And today I have the honor and the privilege of having my dear friend, Kristen O'Neill on. Kristen is a financial planner and she has this really great down to earth, grounded, rational perspective that I think is so valuable right now. I have to admit, that I was a little turned upside down about different things for a second because we are certainly seeing a lot of different information about the economic recovery that's happening or not happening and all of the effects it may have on our lives. And so it's so much to digest. And I think Kristen just does an amazing job breaking it down for us. So I hope you enjoy. to your Mindful Hour. I'm Melissa, and I'm so grateful that you are here with us today. I'm super excited for what's happening today on the podcast. My guest today is Kristen O'Neill, and Kristen is a financial advisor, and I am proud to call her a friend of mine and We have known each other for a number of years and have worked together in different ways, have done workshops together. They've been amazing and fun. Um, I've referred friends and clients and family to Kristen, so I trust Kristen so much. I just value her, um, her opinions, her perspective, so I'm excited to dive into the topic of the whole big financial world that you know we find ourselves in today. And just to get her perspective and take on that. So welcome, Kristen.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here. This yeah, so applause.
0: Well we'd I'd love to start by just having you tell us about who you
1: are. Okay. Um, my name is Kristen O'Neill. I work in financial planning and who I am? This is like the existential question that I didn't know I was being asked. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I currently live and work in San Diego. I lived in uh, Dallas area for a long time, but I I have friends kind of all over the place, along with clients in maybe about five states. And I am the type of person who loves to help other people be great, and so that translates a lot into what I do for my clients, which is help them. Create a financial structure that allows them to feel confident being great in other areas of life so that's me and I like to cook and lately go on really long walks because that's all that there is to do <laughs> besides watch TV right now
0: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so thank you again for sharing who you are and sure. dive in um, I'd love to start with uh, any of your high level observations or trends or thoughts that you have during this time from a financial perspective?
1: Sure. I always look at things um, globally. I'm always looking at the big picture. So when it comes to financial planning, I what I'm seeing when I'm looking at the market is just like, this is something we planned for. We didn't exactly know how this was going to happen. Um, We didn't know that there'd be a market crash or there'd be coronavirus, but in our industry, we've known for years that something was going to happen because the market works in cycles. It had been up for a really long time, I think about 11 years. That's a long time for the market to be on a run. Usually it's about seven or eight years. So for any of um, people that I work with right now are not overly concerned about the market specifically because they know that This is something we knew was coming and our assets in the market are just a piece of the planning that we do. It's not everything. And so I think um, people who are really going to be struggling with this are people who did their planning in a silo, meaning you know, water cooler talk said, you should put it all on black and that didn't work out or you were trading on your own and it seemed like it was going really well. Why should I pay Kristen? I don't need a financial advisor. I'm doing it. Um, and so this is, <laughs> this is the time where you, re- like, this, this past couple of months has really just stretched everything I know about every single rule of how the market works and how trading works. Um, all of it has just been really stretching for all of us, and by us, I mean me and my financial advisor friends. Um, and so it really, I think it sort of highlights the value in working with a professional, But um, I'm, I think we're here to talk about like what you can do to get yourself just kind of prepared for next steps and what you can do to um, create a better infrastructure for the next time this happens. Because heads up guys, it's going to happen again.
0: Yeah, I think it's such a sobering reminder that um, these things do happen in cycles. Do you think though the the nature of this one as opposed to like uh, what happened in 08 or the 80s being more financially driven this is obviously driven from a different angle obviously Mm -hmm. and with that does it change the financial perspective of that?
1: Mm. So this one obviously was um this particular market crash was spurred on by uh, a health pandemic. So that's unique. Um, But I have been telling clients for, let's say six months to a year that they should, if they could hold off on making any major purchases or big decisions until after the next presidential election because something causes the market, something causes the market to recess in general, let's call it every eight years or so. Um, And so there's a lot of levers that the government can pull, having a Republican president in office currently, the policies that were put in place by the government really helped to propel the market forward and continue to add fuel to the fire. Um, Bigger businesses were really comfortable and excited about President Trump specifically. And so a lot of what the stock market is is how people feel like business is going. Yes, it has that basis of like, this is what a company is worth, and I wanna invest and have ownership in it, but it also has a lot to do with just consumer sentiment. And so there were, there was a lot of excitement around this uh, current president. And so that is part of what propelled the market forward. A lot of um, financial commentators I listened to were saying, and I agreed with, uh, had we made it to the election in November, after that election sometime between November and January, we kind of suspected that the market would start to cool off around then if we got that far. And so this happened sooner. Um, I'm not saying that I was right. Again, I have no idea what was actually going to happen where it's all just conjecture, but something would have happened. This just happened to be it. Um, and so I think we kind of run into this thing where we're everyone's trying to justify, like, if this wouldn't happen, if that would have happened, the market always, always runs in the same cycles. It's just kind of a matter of time. We don't know what's, what's gonna break it. Something's gonna happen though. So I don't know if that answers your question it, at all.
0: It, it, I think I'd like to follow up and try to put a, sure. a you know, point on maybe my my question for you. I guess, you know. You, of course you don't have a, a crystal ball to understand what will happen, but mm-hmm. I know in recent days, I think the stock market has um, been more on an uptick Um, I don't know if you're able to surmise from anything that's happening what the next, say, several months may look like, given how you have to consider the trends in the virus, um, as well as what you think the recovery would look like even a year from now. I mean, I don't know if these are even questions that you're you're even able to look at or ask, but mm-hmm.
1: nobody knows. Um and so I listen to financial commentary I stopped doing it every single day because it was just draining my mental health. <laughs> so but I listen to financial commentary most days. It's boring being one of them. And I heard you're going to hear a lot of different things. You're going to hear people say it'll be a V-shaped recovery, meaning that the stock market took a deep dive, and then as soon as people get let back out of the house, it's going to jump right back up. Um, I I don't think that's the case. Um, but you've heard people say it'll take it'll be an L-shaped recovery. Um, it dropped down really fast, and then it'll slowly go um, go up gradually over time. No one actually knows. Everyone's kind of guessing. There's a lot of factors and most of, most of those revolve around small business. And I wanna be clear too that small business, people think small business, like mom and pop own a flower shop on the corner. And yes, that's a small business. But when we say small business in America, we're talking about uh, companies that employ 500 people or less. Those are actually really big businesses and they're a substantial piece of the puzzle. So if you could imagine like most Americans not being able to pay their rent if they couldn't work for two weeks, we've got small businesses who, restaurants, for example, who haven't been able to pay their rent and they may be getting some reprieve right now, but at some point they're going to have to go back and pay all their rent and their staff and continue to support themselves moving forward. So just think of your own personal situation. Could you sustain not making any money, and then also having to pay other people for a long period of time. And so that's what small business owners are having to face right now. And that's why you're seeing a lot of news about uh, government bailouts for small businesses, because I think that's really the key to recovery here. So now I, I wish I could tell you, I think it'll be longer than three, three months. I think it'll, if I had to guess, I'd say recovery is going to take at least a year, just guessing. But um, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions right now.
0: So that brings me to my next question. You know, I I think about the government recovery programs, the the different loans and the different things. Do you see them continuing to provide that lifeline to small businesses and employees affected by that? Or do you think at some point those things are going to run out and it's going to now be upon the, the employee or employer to be thinking about ways of pivoting to create some financial abundance
1: in their life. Yeah, that's a great question. I think right now is the time to consider pivoting. I, there's, I think there's kind of, there's two mentalities. There's sort of the, like, let's wait and see what happens mentality. And then there's the other side of the coin, which is let's go out and figure out what we can do now. And I think going out and figuring out what you can do now is key. Because when we, in Cali- living in California right now, specifically, I have a much probably clearer vision of what the future looks like. And the future is not, you know, May 2nd comes around. Today is what, April 13th, 15th, 16th? 16 what day is it uh, today's Thursday April 16th so if uh, the governor of California said which I don't think he will but if he said may 2nd, you can all leave your house he's already made it clear that it's not going to be just leave your house and back to business as normal there will be no major um, no major gatherings of large groups of people there will you'll go into a restaurant and you'll be sitting six feet away from people your server will have on a mask it's not going to be the regular economy that you're used to and so knowing that this is I've been thinking about yoga a lot this is a situation where you just kind of have to like sit with what is and not be waiting for it to change or waiting for it to be over you just kind of have to adjust to this moment and once you have like sat in the heat and done the work if it happens to lighten up because you're used to carrying that load or because you're you know you're used to working really hard, then you'll just have new skills and a new discipline moving into whatever the next season looks like. The economy will recover eventually, it always does. So what will you do? Let's say this lasts for two years. Um, you probably don't have the time to just sit and wait to see what happens if there's another government bailout, like what's, what's someone going to give you. Most entrepreneurs, of course, are more of the I want to get out and get some work done anyway mindset. So that will serve, serve them well.
0: Mm-hmm. What about people who maybe traditionally didn't think of themselves as entrepreneurial? And um, this is a really, really outside of someone's comfort zone. And but they are real, realizing that they might need to begin to think like that. Do you have any thoughts about helpful advice for someone like
1: that? Yeah. Um, I personally did not consider myself entrepreneurial for a really long time. I was, I am not one of those people who was like running a side hustle and trying to quit my job when I started my business seven years ago. It was not me. So it just, it kind of happens over time out of necessity. I'd say find the thing Right now is a good time to experiment. If you're at home and you have extra time, um, if you've always wanted to start something or experiment with helping somebody do, for example, like resume writing, if that was something you've always wanted to do, career coaching, now you don't really have a good excuse for not having the time to do it. Most people have all the time in the world. Um, And so now you can really prioritize that and just, I'd say just try or experiment. Just try something, assume it's not going to work, but try it, and that takes a lot of the pressure off of it. Um, nothing will teach you faster than, than just taking an action, even if that action's imperfect.
0: I love that I love that so where you and I kind of our worlds kind of meet in the middle in the in the Venn diagram sense is kind of in the area you're talking about, which is mindset. And um, like your yoga analogy earlier, just kind of being with it and adapting, um, not getting so attached that it needs to be a certain way, but really being with it as it is, realizing that our power is in the present moment, all of that. So it brings me to the uh, idea of an abundant mindset or an abundance mindset and mm-hmm. I obviously have thoughts about you know that and how people can tap into that even in a time when perhaps people don't naturally feel that but mm-hmm. from your perspective and in the, in the work I know you touch on on this type of stuff all the time with clients the inner workings of, of people what is your what's your thought about cultivating an abundance mindset specifically during this time of Fear and
1: scarcity? I think the first thing, the first thing to realize is that, or just like the mindset I have all the time, is this is America. Somebody's going to figure out how to make money. (laughs) Someone's going to figure it out. You've got a Republican president right now. You go figure out how to, if you can't make some money now, like we're not making, (laughs) there's no (laughs) money to be made. So I, that's just kind of, I mean, I'm joking a little, a little, but that's the truth of the matter is this is the United States. You can go make some money somehow. Uh, and I think that's just like a mindset thing. Hmm. Someone's going to crack the code, figure it out. There is money. People do have jobs yet. Maybe unemployment is 33%. I don't know. I know it's going to be something ridiculous. There's still going to be 60 something percent of people who are working. So there will be com- There are companies right now that are thriving, uh, it's funny cause I, I don't ever give stock advice, but occasionally I'll just kind of be like looking at a stock and thinking about it. And I don't, I try not to tell people because then whenever I say it, it becomes like, um, advice, which I get in trouble for sometimes. But I was looking at, um, Peloton was a company whose stock was not actually like their company was not devalued, but the stock was because they did a really bad job of advertising. I think in the end of last year. But it's a company right now that's thriving because people can't go to the gym. So now they're at home working out. And so it's just things like that, like Slack, which I used, have been using for years, Zoom, which I've been using for years, which we're using now. Um, those are companies I believed in. And, you know, had I invested in December, I'd be doing pretty well right now, because these are companies that are growing and probably going to be hiring new people moving forward. Um, so there's There are companies that are going to continue to thrive. There are companies that consistently do well. You may not think of them like a Walmart, for example. Walmart's doing the same stuff they always do all the time. They're consistent. If you needed a job really bad, you could go work for Walmart. You could work. So there's Amazon will be hiring probably coming up. There are opportunities out there. And I think the mindset just has to be like, there is stuff to do if I want to do it. And it might not look the way It might not feel as great or it might not look the way it used to look and you might have to work a little harder, but there's stuff to do.
0: Well, let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the student loan uh, repayment deal. Because I know people are being offered suspension of payments until September and I went ahead and paid my thing like I normally do. Uh, Should I have opted for this or should I continue to pay?
1: Yeah, that's a, a great question. You're asking a lot of really good questions today. So, and I'm asked that often too. So the CARES Act, which President Trump signed into law, I think it was like the last week of March of 2020. Um, part of it allowed for you to defer payments on your student loans for, um, I think it's six months. It ends on September 30th of 2020. And so if you have a federal federally backed loan, you can opt to not make any payments. It depends on how it's handled. It depends on your loan servicer. I looked at a loan servicer this morning and they said, even if you're on auto pay, we're not going to draft a payment until October. So if you want to keep making payments, you can. So this is kind of where planning comes into place. It's really easy for a client I'm working with for me to tell them exactly what to do in this situation because I know what their goals are. But let's like make up a scenario where all of your credit cards are paid off you have no other debt to pay on um, excluding your mortgage, then maybe it might make sense to uh, bolster your emergency fund during this time with the monthly payment that you were putting there. If you have high interest credit card debt, it's definitely a good idea to pay that off instead because it's, you know, your 0% interest on the student loan where the credit cards could be 26% or something crazy. So, um, but right now I would say credit cards are the number one place I would be putting money if you have credit card debt. If you don't have credit card debt, but you're not feeling, uh, secure in your emergency reserves, I would just be putting money in the emergency fund. And if you've got emergency fund covered and the student loan was the only piece of debt you had left, um, then it might be, you might want to consider like talking to me one-on-one about maybe investment options, but, um, you can also just keep paying your student loan if you want to. Just mm-hmm. pay it down faster because right now you're not being charged any interest. So everyone's situation is a little bit different. Everyone's interest rates are different. Everyone's priorities are different. So knowing um, a little bit more about what's going on in your financial life helps you make those decisions, help you make those decisions. Okay, Wonderful.
0: I don't know if you want to go into any of the various offerings that the government has provided, any just general thoughts or words of clarity, sure. like things that people are maybe ask you about.
1: Yeah. So the CARES Act has a lot of different components to it. Um, the one that you just hit on is one that everyone was really curious about initially, the student loan thing. So we've talked about that. Um, the other thing is, if you've got money in a 401k and you've been negatively impacted by COVID-19, there's an opportunity to take up to $100,000 out of your 401k without a penalty. You still are going to owe some taxes, but they've even made some adjustments on how you would have to pay the taxes and repayment. So if, um, if you think pulling money out of your 401k is something that you um, want to talk about, you should probably contact your HR about that. But if you have any other questions, you can contact me and I could send you some literature on it. Um, the other thing, there's a bunch of things. The other thing is the economic, what is it? The EIDL, it's through the SBA. It's a, a loan program. And there's also a grant program for small business owners. So again, small business owner, less than 500 employees also includes self-employed people. So if you're a solopreneur, you would count for this. You can apply for it and there's an option to get a grant up to $500 or up to $10,000, excuse me, and then a loan beyond that. And so that's money that you could use for working capital in your business. It's a little bit of a longer term loan than the other option, which is the PPP or Paycheck Protection Program. That is a short-term loan available to the same demographic of people including the self-employed if you're a 1099 worker you can apply to have your paycheck replaced Um, they basically are offering really low interest loans that are forgivable if you want to get a loan for two and a half times your average monthly wages so there's a lot of options for business owners it's confusing um, nobody knows how any of them work. <laughs> We've, I've been working through this with a few clients for a few weeks now, so I'm getting a little bit more clear on it, but I know there's a lot of confusion around, can you do both? Which one should you do? Can I do this if I'm, you know, only 1099 independent contractor, um, what if all my employees are 1099? There's a lot of confusion about it. So I've gotten a little bit of a rhythm around how to direct people on that. So if you have questions, definitely reach out to me.
0: Can you apply for more than one? You, you did just bring that up. Like, can you apply Mm -hmm. for those or do you sort of think which one is the most befitting my situation and apply for that?
1: Yeah. So you can apply for both. I personally applied for both of them and I may or may not get them both. I think my mindset around this is, is the government throwing out a lifeline I'm going to reach for all of them. And if they decide not to give me one, you know, I did what I could. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can, based on the reading I've done, you can apply for both. One of them, the PPP, is really meant to be a short-term, like, 90-day repayment. And in reality, if you use the money for paychecks or rent, there's a list of things you can use it for, then you don't actually have to pay it back. So that's, that's the first thing. Um, the other loan, the economic, economic disaster loan through the SBA, um, that one is meant to be more of a longer term repayment. Anything that you don't use for the qualified list of things they give you turns into a loan at two and a half or three and a half percent. I think is depending on whether you're a nonprofit or a for-profit company. So even still a loan with an interest rate that low, depending on your financial situation and your version of debt might be. good opportunity to grow your business a little too. So there's many out there. Um, Neither of these loans so far have really difficult application processes. The big issue is, um, will there be funding? And so far, there's not enough funding to go around. So if you haven't applied for either of these yet, I would definitely try to apply for those. Okay.
0: So the
1: um the eidl through the sba you can do through the sba's website the ppp is uh administered by banks so if you have a relationship with a business banker i'd reach out to them um there are a couple online options i um, mean but you you have to go through a bank somehow so if you don't know how to get to one you know reach out to me and i'll send you in a direction that's great
0: that's wonderful Good information. Um, So if if this is a wake-up call for everybody, regardless Mm -hmm. of how it's affecting you, your job, whether you have a job or not, what's, what's the lesson? What should we be doing differently? How should we be thinking about our financials? What's the takeaway from this for us?
1: Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reword it a little bit this question because I've been getting asked that in a different way often, which is like, what do you recommend I change about what I'm doing in my financial planning? And if you have if you're working with someone like me that's doing a financial plan based on the basic tenets of planning, which are spend less than you make, have like all your insurance needs taken care of, so like catastrophic losses are off the table. Save for an emergency, build a financial foundation, then start investing. Then add on all the you know bells and whistles and cool stuff that you can do in investing. I think if you're doing it all in the right order with the right priority, there's nothing that you need to change. But the issue that we have is we all get a little arrogant when the market's doing well because everyone's business is flourishing, everyone's stock stock-based account is increasing, and it's like we can do no wrong. We forget about the basics, which are like, don't go invest your $1,200 check, stimulus check. If you don't have an emergency fund, like I'm, I'm hearing just crazy, crazy stuff. If you don't have an emergency fund, doesn't matter if it's a great time to invest or not. You need to get an emergency fund in place because having one might've made you feel a lot more comfortable coming into the situation, knowing that, Win or lose, with or without this job, you could live for three to six months comfortably. That buys you peace of mind that nothing else can. And you're not worried about whether or not you get the $1,200 check Mm -hmm. or the PPP loan or whatever. So I think it's if you're rebuilding or even if you're doing really well and you just want to make sure moving into the next market correction 10 years from now or whatever it is, you're in a a good position – It's getting the fundamentals down cold and then moving forward with an investment strategy that makes sense. A strategy, not like you picking stocks or not even an odd, I've heard some horror stories about automated investing. Uh, Working with a professional in times like this really make a difference. Mm.
0: Yeah, amen to that. Uh, Absolutely. So I would think, you know, people are really taking this more seriously. Like you had mentioned Mm -hmm. before, when it, when everything is going so well, like, Oh, I'll do that myself. I'll handle this. I'll invest. Mm -hmm. I have an online investment account. I'll do that. But this is really the time to kind of take stock of how you're planning, what you're doing. And to be realistic that, as you said, every what eight years, nine years, 10 years, expect something like this to happen and to really realize that it's, it, it could really be devastating in a way i i don't I guess and this is my other question maybe to end on is are you shocked by this? I think so many of us are ju- are just sort of blown away that this is even happening to our world. I mean the whole world is going through this, not just America having a financial yeah. dip right i mean this this is really unprecedented it seems.
1: I think in the beginning, I was just, not that it's global. I'm not surprised by that. Um, I always think, like, when you get to a certain level of arrogance, God has a way of bringing you down. And I just feel like knocking you down a peg. And I just kind of feel like that's what's happening. I I don't know if, um, I have no way of knowing whether or not that's the case. But I just feel like when you get to a certain level, when you feel like you can just be great, all by yourself, then God has a way of just being like, oh, okay, well, you didn't have time to exercise, meditate, pray, whatever, eat healthy, be with your kids, sit home with your husband. Now you have some, you're welcome. Like I just, (laughs) I feel like God has a sense of humor. That's how I feel. Um, And so I don't know. I'm not, I don't feel shocked really. I think it's interesting that it's going on so long Um, in the beginning, it was kind of exciting because again, I don't hope for things like this to happen, but I really, truly love serving people and being valuable. And in a period of time like this, I'm extremely valuable. And so that was exciting. Like the opportunity of being able to really make an impact was exciting to me in the beginning. And I've since kind of settled down and like, okay, like this is just. I miss my friends and I want to go to happy hour and hug people again. And I'm not a hugger, but now I like want to hug somebody real bad. Um, yes. But I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised, not surprised much. Okay. I like your Just perspective
0: of it mm-hmm. humbling. You know,
1: I, 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 have yeah. thought
0: about that, that this is so humbling. I, for all of us in different ways, this experience, and we're truly going through something together, like, no other time you know so there's so many opportunities for all the things you said um one of one of them of course is a a mindful look at our financial world it's important mm-hmm. see that and to really look at it with the eyes wide open not fear-based but just to see what's happening really clearly and calmly and figuring out what the next steps are so i encourage everybody to Take a look at this in their own life. Um, I know we'll we'll put Kristen's information out there. Do you wanna just tell people quickly where to find you?
1: Sure, you can find my personal Instagram at the new K-O. And if you wanna reach out to me about money, start by checking out my website. It's KristenO'Neal.com. and then my contact information is listed there.
0: Awesome. I wanna thank you so much for coming on and and sharing your perspective today, Kristen. You're always delightful and wonderful. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast with Kristen O'Neill. I look forward to being with you again soon on a future podcast. Till then, please continue to stay safe and love yourself and love others.